What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Leadership Lean In, where we are leaning into the subject of leadership just to get a little bit better. We're going to jump in in just a moment. This is, by the way, episode number 54. Juan, how do you say 54 in Spanish? 54. I mean, bro, we're starting off strong right there. 54. Episode number 54, as always, I just want to say thank you to everybody that is posting about this uh, podcast, sharing, commenting. It means the world to myself and Juan and the team and everybody. Uh, we love you. And whether you join us on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, or on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and follow along. I am joined today by a great friend. Rich and I were talking about you being in town, and Rich is like, oh, God. It's one of my best friends in the whole world. I, I, I just can't. It's just like you have such a love, such a, a, a respect by all who know you. I am joined by a legend today in our world, in our hearts, uh, a good friend of mine from Highlands, Church of the Highlands in Alabama, leading the college, leading motion. Put your hands together. Like I wonder if anybody's on the I, run I, right now clapping. It's just the best intro I've ever <laughs> I just I feel so warm. Mark Pettis is in the house. <laughs> so, I just, I love, I mean, I was already having a great day in LA. It's a beautiful day. And it now really I'm just, nice I want to sit right here. We can do that over again. If you just, <laughs> I want to just record that. So, hey, I love you. Love you and Julia. Uh, it's, a, it's truly a dream come true to be hanging out today Bro, and uh, honored good. to be here in this moment. It's awesome. Well, when I think about you, like when you come to mind, I think of a few things. Number one, ice cream, because I remember having ice cream at your house years ago. Years ago. Ice, ice cream, cream and cookie, and cook, bluebell and, ice cream. That's right. And cookies. Running. <laughs> You're a runner. Yeah. I love that about you. you put yeah. in the miles. Physically, no one would ever know that. Look at this. Six, you know, six six two two thirty is not really the, the frame for a runner, but uh, no, it actually, it's, it's my hobby. Yeah. You're, you're a big time runner. I love that about yeah. you. But I think leadership. I think one of our connections is over the subject of leadership. That's Absolutely. what we both love. You're a yeah. leader of leaders. You love to learn. You, like, you sent yeah. me this article. By the way, you sent me this great article a couple of days ago from the Wall Street Journal. And I couldn't bypass. I thought I had a subscription. Yeah. And it was asking me, I got a new phone and it was like, I couldn't access this article. And I was like, gosh, I want to read this article so bad. And this new, anyways. But I love that. Like, you'll send me yeah. articles and podcasts and books. And I love talking. It's honestly, leadership is like, it's for me the top of the top as far as subject matter. Yeah. And that's why I'm excited about this podcast and jumping in with you because. What qualif I think what qualifies you to speak on a subject is number one, you're doing it. You know, it's like the, the the whole thing. A man with an experience is at the disposal. A man with an opinion is at the disposal yeah. of a man with experience. It's truth. So, so you don't have just opinion, you have experience. You know, so that's why I like talking to you about leadership. But I also love your you're a student. You're observing, you're watching. You're like Josh Anderson, who we both love. I love like, Josh. Josh yeah. could talk about leadership all day long. You know, and and so that's why you know I really value you as a friend and as a leader, and I'm excited to jump in. I'm going to jump right into the first question, and the first question is, how do you lead up so well? You've been doing this for so long, so many years, leading up, being on a staff, yeah, where you're not, as some would say, you know, in charge or calling all the shots. So that means when you're under leadership. For so many years, that means you've mastered, in my opinion, the art of leading up, which is tricky. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. Yeah, it, def it definitely is. And uh, it's a great question. I got to go back, though, just to say, I mean, sitting here with you talking leadership, absolutely. I feel like our friendship 
we've been in a lot of great moments, uh, conversations yeah. where that's been the topic and learned so much from you always. I mean, you've spoken in my, into my life in some critical junctures. And so just love you. And, uh, and uh, we need some more of that ice cream. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. so I, you know, I think, I think for, in my case, so I just actually celebrated 15 years on the team wow. at Church of the Highlands. So, do they do anything? Do they celebrate that? Do they acknowledge uh, do, that? End of the year. Like we have this Christmas party yeah. and then we, we acknowledge everybody. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so I can't wait. I don't know what's coming. But. Yeah, because Louie told me at like 10 years they do something pretty big. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, we do, we do, we celebrate five, 10, and 15. That's awesome. And five was great. 10 was even better. 15? You I, never I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't you know. You never so, know. So, um, yeah, so 15 years, and it's been a dream come true. And if, you know, if you're listening or uh, unfamiliar with Church of the Highlands, I, I serve under the most incredible senior pastor, Chris Hodges, yes. uh, planted our church in Birmingham, Alabama, the heart of the Bible belt, uh, <laughs> you know, War Eagle or Roll Tide, whichever way right. you go. But um, yeah, back in 2001. So my wife, Jill, and I were college students uh, there in Birmingham. We mm. came in, the doors of Highlands changed mm. our lives forever. Wow. So served on the team as a volunteer and then came on, came on staff in, in 2006. Mm. And so, yeah, been in different positions along the way. But I think where all of it starts was, you know, for, for Jill and I, um, we both had a you know, deep calling to ministry and we're looking for a place to express that. And the first thing I think we've, we found at Highlands was relationship. Mm. You know, we, we loved the city already. We were living there. Right. And I think that's always important for wherever yep. you're called. And then just Pastor Chris and the entire team at Highlands, just feeling that that divine connection of relationship. We loved where we lived. We loved the people we were working with. Mm. And and so just, I think, starting at those kind of core level, just having that sense of of peace that we're in the right place at the right time. And then functionally as a leader, you know, we I've grown in different positions. As you, as you know, youth pastor, yeah. college, and now part of our executive team. And I, I tell everybody who asks me that question, uh, you know, with Pastor Chris, he's a, he's a leader of, of clarity. Um, and so I'm able to, to, to hear from him constantly the vision. And my job is to absorb all of that. And I, what I always say is I should never even have to ask questions because vision leaks off of a leader. It's mm. always coming off. Yep. And I think to, to lead up, the first thing you have to do is be a great listener. And, wow. and not always just, hey, ask for a meeting with a checklist, but just if he's right. preaching or if we're in uh, you know, an all-staff meeting, every, at every juncture, that vision is coming off. Wow. And I think here's, here's at least what I've tried to do is take that first 10% of vision, work on it on the next 80, take it back him to him at the 90% mark. Wow. And say, is this, you know, I, I heard what you said, is this what you see? Mm. And then work with him together on that last 10%. Mm. And so that's what our relationship looks like a lot. I love that. I, I haven't heard anybody say that. That's so smart. So so you would say the art of listening, this, this is big. I mean, what you're talking about, because that takes humility. That really takes leaning in. Yeah, I think humility, and I hope, you know, you don't ever want to claim humility, but I think I think it's, uh, you know, the right city, the right relationships, and, and really the calling for, for Jill and I, we want our, you know, we 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 want to lead well in our generation. You know, it's, yeah. it's, this is Psalm 78 with David. We want to steward the moment we're given. And so I yeah. think we realize we can do more together with Pastor Chris than we could probably ever do apart. There you go. And so I think that postures you. And then and then yep. I believe in what we're doing, so then that's what we're listening to. You're listening to yep. the vision. You're asking, And if you don't have the clarity, you ask for those questions. But I think that, honestly, the secret is that first 10%. As a leader, the last thing I want Pastor Chris to have to do, or your leader if you're listening, is to micromanage me or to feel like that they're, right. you know, that I go off in the wrong direction. So the first 10% gives me the right direction, kind of the finish line. Wow. And I think our job in any kind of you know, middle level or, or executive leadership underneath a leader is go do work, do the 80%, yeah. get it dialed in. Do it. But don't finish it until you take it back and say, is there anything else that you see that, I, wow. that have, hasn't been a part of this? So. And has there been times when you bring that back and he goes, oh, you know. Every, 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 but it's small, usually small, hopefully, 
And that's where the humility does come in. That's right. And that's where missional, the missional mentality has to come in. It's not about me being right or getting yep. this right. It's yep. about, are we going to accomplish what we set out to do? Together, as a yeah, team. Yeah, the college is a great example. Yeah. So this Highlands College is a ministry leadership college. Mm. It's in his heart. If he had time to do it, he would do an amazing, you know, he would, yeah. he would lead it better than, you know, than me or anyone else. Yep. But he's, he, what he's doing, where, where he's leading our church. So having the opportunity to step into that space, I'm asking questions for about a year, just, hey, we're visiting different places. And then he just releases me to go build it, and then constantly we're just coming wow. back to, to measure the I success. Love that. So I think that I think it, it works that way. But you, I think the humility is part of it. And that, I think that's you know connected to your your relationship with God, of course, but just the calling. Yeah, knowing what we're doing together. I think the reason why the listening stands out to me though is because um, sometimes it's the whole thing: familiarity breeds contempt. And so sometimes when you're familiar, or sometimes when you just get in the routine and People, I, I like that you're talking about how vision leaps off of great leaders yeah. like a PC, but sometimes people get so desensitized to that, so familiar with yeah. that, and they stop listening. They stop listening to what their leader said. I always think you have to have, in order to be a great you know, employee, staff member, someone that's under, you have to have that David's mighty men kind of mentality. Absolutely. That it's never off commandment that I obey. Yeah. It's always off suggestion. Yeah. So it's leaning into know my leader to go like David just in passing goes, oh man. If I could just get a drink from the well, you know. All right, I'm gonna go to bed. And the guy goes, Did you did you hear what our leader said? Yeah, absolutely. He didn't ask us. Yeah. But we know he'd love it if we did yeah. this. And that to me is the tying of the heartstrings and absolutely. the and like you said, relationship. It has to be there. And I think if you lose that, it's, in, it's dangerous ground for you, Ooh. for whatever it is you're leading. This is not just church we're talking about. This is yeah. being an effective leader in a time and space Yeah, um, has to be a bigger, you know, what we're doing has to be you know bigger than the part we're playing. And I think yeah. that just, that takes a, a focus and, and a settled heart, a security that can only come from the Lord. Right. I think all these, and I, I mean, I'm definitely on the journey like in and out and there's definitely moments. I just think the... The, the centering back to what we're doing together. And then, yeah, then your heart is postured, your your mind is, your ears are open, your mind is ready to receive what it is coming off. You're yep. a visionary leader. I mean, I'm around you all the time, and it literally, your love for this city, the church that you're building, yep. you know, all the different things in leadership that you're doing, those things are coming off. And I've just always, and I tell my team, you know, if you ca- if you catch it, you just never need to ask what's important. It's always there. It's always, that's and, so good. And it's yes. just, I think that's, that's what equips. So if, so if there's a hungry leader out there and you're wanting to succeed, um, you know, have the confidence to hear that with a heart set on, you know, we're in unity and vision and then, and then use that as, as the fuel to, I to, love to, that. you know, to take off and lead. I want, I want to talk about uh spiritual formation. You oversee the college. Yep. You're building this amazing company, just probably in my opinion, one of the coolest things happening in the country as far as leadership development, you think about co- colleges across the country that would be forming the future leaders, preachers, teachers, and just let, fill in the blank for any field. Uh, you, you look across the country as far as Christian universities, Christian colleges. Highlands is like, this is the star that's just rising in the nation. And, and that's how I see it. Well, that's, I love that you say that. And I, we, listen, we know it is a big vision. And we got a long way to go, but we we know we have we have dialed it into something that's important. And yeah. for us, that's training vocational leaders in yep. ministry, you know, ministry leaders. 
and it's exciting with our accreditations, our facility. Like it really is an amazing Ephesians three twenty story yeah. of things coming together. Even in this season, uh, as I speak, we're thirty six days out from opening our facility. I mean, it's unbelievable. Dream, dream come true. So. You think about like I'm just thinking about places across the country that you've been. You know, you, we you've gotten to see. You know, you think about a southeastern or a Liberty or here comes Highlands. Yeah, you know, and, and PC giving Pastor Chris giving his life to really building a legacy there. So I'm excited about it. Talk to me about when I say spiritual formation. W- one of the things I'm so interested in right now is how do you? Uh, we we're just talking about this. Like if I were to write a book about spiritual formation, it would be a fusion between take Richard Foster Celebration of Disciplines yeah. meets James Clear Atomic Habits. And put those together. Maybe throw in a little John Mark Comer, the ruthless Absolutely. elimination of hurry. Absolutely. And there you have this formation. Yeah. What are you trying to emphasize with young leaders? How to, as Paul says it this way, I'm going to come back to Galatia. I'm going to come back. Yep. And we'll go back to work on y'all until Christ is formed in you. Love that. So how, how do you form Christ in someone? Yeah, and I think we know that that's more important than ever before right now with the world, we, you know, the experiences we're all living through in this world. And it's that solid, again, center of, of, of Christ in me and that that mm. being the foundation of our life. And, and for us, raising up ministry leaders, and you mentioned a lot of other amazing colleges, and most colleges have a broad you know, spectrum of degrees or pathways, yeah. which, are, which is amazing. We're really dialed in, again, on ministry leaders. So... So I maybe come back to this in a minute, kind of taking where we find students now, which is interesting and is, is somewhat changing. But I, th- I think what we have found as a team that our responsibility is in the years where these students come in at 18 years old, they're graduating at 20 to 22 years old, yep. right, is, is to create an environment that's much more, you know, Hebrew or rabbinic and Socratic. And I think, I think the key to formation we found as leaders, now we can talk about the student side of it, mm. is to create environments that are qu- based on question and answer. Mm. That it's it the content and the which oftentimes we talk about discipleship it ends up being about content which is great and content mm. is everywhere but how do I take that content mm. and and uh, and understand it and then apply it uh, oftentimes the biblical biblical literacy that that is needed to do that isn't there so you're mm. working from different angles and what we have found as a team that it's more important than ever before is not a room full of rows but mm. of circles where we are t- unpacking and talking great. about the application of this into our life and allowing mm. questions, mm. you know, and really as a rabbi, I, what I love about when you see great rabbis or any great mentors in my life is mm. they're really not always even answering the question. They're just pushing me to find the answer. Yep. And we found that with young leaders, the moment they just, they kind of discover that guided self-discovery leads them to finding truth in God's word, which then is planted in their heart and forms Christ in them in those mm. areas, the, the areas of discipline, the areas of vision, the areas of purpose. And so just yeah, creating environments where we're, students feel safe and are able to come in, ask questions, be you know pushed into looking for answers and absorbing that and growing off those foundations. I love that. I, I, yeah, you're, you're nailing it. And I always think, I wish that the Bible would have given us, after the road to Damascus, a blueprint on how Paul got discipled. Yeah. Like, I really wish that somebody would have just been like, okay, and so here's what we did with this guy to turn yeah. him into this killer. Yeah. You know, we, do, we don't know. It's, it, it's kind of hidden in the text a little bit. Yeah. He just went and met with this guy and got discipled and raised up, and he immediately started preaching, but he immediately started learning. Even Luke 2.52, Jesus is 12 years old. He's asking questions. He's in the temple. Okay, what is yeah. he asking? He's doing what you're saying at yeah. 12. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's that the only way it can become dynamic for a student is for them to engage, you know, their relationship with God, what they're learning and growing in, in an mm. environment of, you know, where where they're able to actually engage it, to look at it. And it's it's I think it's it's fostering that that oftentimes it, here's the, here's really the situation, right? Is that in scale that becomes really hard. It's much easier to teach a class or yep. and, and those things are needed than it is to create the environment where we me and seven or eight others can actually talk about this, yep. the issues of life and what the Bible has to say yep. about those and how to walk through these situations to continue to build off that foundation. I do wish we'd know we would know what happened with Paul because obviously the power of that is huge. It's crazy. But I always think, you know, the problem for me with young leaders a lot of the times is you use the word content. Yeah. So the way I like to think about it is like a sponge, right? So it's like if I put a sponge under the faucet, it can only retain so much until that water is just pouring out something that can't get any more. Yeah. Like I always think the best illustration with content or leadership development, spiritual formation, is you got to wring that thing out before it's able to receive more water. Yeah. And I just think that you, the best way to form, you know, godly character. How do you? How did you and I learn? How did Jesus learn? Yeah. Failure. Yeah. Discipline. It's like you got to flesh that stuff out and work it out. And yeah. do I know this in theory, opinion? Yeah. Or do I know this from experience, practice? Yeah. So it's like it's a it's a it's a tension there. Yeah. And I think that's with college, one of the things we're really trying to do and and grow, because we are growing. We have vision, you know, we have about 450 students now growing. So, like, how do we scale that and keep that? We talk about as a team a safe place to fail. That's great. And and work it out. But then to fail forward. And so, I got got the best story this year. You want to hear a great story? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my kids are two of my kids now. I have four boys. That that boy life is real. It's real. So, it's always fun. So, uh, two of them are now in middle school. And I think this spirit is what we're looking for in our students um, uh, at Highlands College. And I think young leaders, if you're out there and you're a young, young leader, it's, it's, it's not being afraid of failure and knowing that that's a part of growth. So, so for like, I don't know, the first six weeks of, of school, going to middle school, I'm driving my kids to school. And at the, at the very end of, you know, like the, or really to the entrance of the school, there's this huge hill. So it's like the very end of the drive to the school, but it's kind of the last moment you're driving up this steep hill. And every day, Chad, I'm seeing this kid, and, and, and this kid that we would pass kind of had the look of someone. He was never with anyone else. Kind of had the look of somebody who was just, you know, dressed, he, you know, his hair was sticking up in the back, just didn't really kind of by himself. And so I was always talking to my son, Landon, you know, hey, let's be sure that we're friends with that kid. Make sure, like, if you're in class with him and feeling that. But he, he was um, riding his bike to school, and we would pass him. So at the very end of this drive, there's just, you know, a huge, steep hill, and and, and he, we would notice that he would ride his bike up the hill, and then he would never make it because it's so steep. Yep. And he would get off and then walk his bike up. This day, I mean, this is like for six weeks we're seeing this. Hey, let's be sure we're this kid's friend. We see him yeah, go up. Yeah. And it's almost kind of funny. He's getting off his bike. Like, yeah. You know, one day I pass this kid, and when, he get, when we're passing him, he gets off his bike, and I see him lean down and do something. Well, I'm curious. I'm, I drop off landing. I come back around as I'm driving down. I get out of my Jeep, and I, I look at what he's done. He's, what he's been doing every day is taking a Sharpie, and marking the spot he got to on his bike. <laughs> That's amazing. And I looked down the sidewalk, and he had a line for every day with the date and how far he had made it. That's pretty cool. 
And I just, I was, I went back. I talked to my wife, like, we got to be better parents. Like this kid, <laughs> this kid's going to be president one day. Yeah. I but I, I took that to Highlands College. Like this, what I love is that this kid is, he was not afraid of failure, but it was the motivation of, yeah. I'm not making it, but I'm getting better. Wow. And I think that spirit is what we're trying to curate within it's our beautiful. student. Yeah. And I think, but again, as a responsibility for us, and as we mentor and lead mm. um, students, we have to create that environment. And I think it's, mm. you know, it's worked out through relationship and again, through question and answer. How, how do we apply this to our lives? So good. Um, talk to me about being a multi-generational leader. So, you know, when I look at you, I see someone that's able to really lead down as far as young people, 18 year olds, 19 year olds, kids on bikes that are, you know, around <laughs> what was that? 12, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and yet we're talking about Jerry Meek, one of our, uh, mutual, friend. yeah, yeah. M- mutual friends who's in Scottsdale, Arizona, older gentleman. How are you able, what are you thinking about? When you think about, one of my favorite lines is, everything about us says everything about us. Yeah. So like when you got up this morning, you put your outfit together. You thought, I'm in LA. I'm going to go do a podcast. Yeah, this is not Birmingham. So I'm not in Birmingham. It's a little different. Yeah. yeah, even me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to a podcast and we're going into yeah. you know this restaurant and then, okay, the weather today. But like, okay, I'm going to do my hair today. You know, I think leadership is about being deliberate. Yeah, absolutely. It's about being intentional. It's about being calculated. You know, um, how are you able to garner such respect from every generation? What 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 are you doing? What are you thinking about when you live a life? You know, I see you preaching at Highlands, the church, and I've seen you in front of an arena of fifteen thousand youth. Same guy. Yeah. How, what goes through your mind? Yeah, I think, you know, and I've definitely f- failed at this. I was very intimidated early on. Like the first time I had someone on a team that was older than me, even at, vol- at a volunteer level, and then especially on a, you know, on a, on a, a paid team together. And, you know, really working through that uh, early on, asking a lot of questions of people. And what I, what I discovered is really the, the problem, first and foremost, for me, especially when, when it was with older leaders, was just the security I had which was what I was feeling insecure because I felt like I had to be things that I wasn't. And I think understanding as a leader that your position on the team, whatever it is, is, is you, you know, you were there number one for a reason. And in my case, I'm leading something. I've been given that authority. Mm. And if I don't use that authority, I'll lose it. So I mm. have to understand whether I'm younger or older, it doesn't really matter. I'm the one that has been in this case, especially as a Christian leader, anointed or placed in that position. So my security is in that. Mm. And I want to walk in that. I think if, if an insecure leader tries to lead up or down, you're always going to be looking for something from those. I'm going to be looking for you know something up or down that really right. I have to find in myself and in God. Right. And if I don't have that, it's it's actually dangerous as you lead teams because you, that's great. Yeah, you'll you'll um, you won't treat the people the way they need to be treated. And I, I think so it's I think it starts right there. I think understanding is obviously important. Um, you know, I have a lot of older leaders now on my team, and understanding their area of expertise. I don't have to be great in that area because they are. And like a, like a K Hargrave. Yeah, like, like a, a, it would be yeah, boss. yeah, it'd be foolish for me to <laughs> right. to try to be great in those areas. Right. Just know know your lane, stay in your lane, know your position, yeah. walk in that. And you know, and I always look for uh, and I'm I'm speaking mostly right now of older leaders. I think that's where a lot of the intimidation is. You know, a lot of guys around me in that position, I may be their boss, but they've, you know, they've raised amazing kids in their homes. I'm going I'm going to them saying, you know, help me in these areas, so creating yeah. that just natural kind of kind of flow. And I think with young leaders, uh, what I'll, we always try to communicate is we're way more 
invested in developing you and your purpose and your calling than we are in what you're doing. Mm. So I think there's a lot of trust in that level of commitment. If you, even mm. if you don't stay with us long term, even if God leads you somewhere else, even if your position develops and grows, while you're with us, we are going to invest in you. And that's we try to make that the posture of that relationship. That's so good. Yeah. Just that alone, you saying that, the response, what that invokes in someone, you're committed to me more than my bottom line. Absolutely, yeah. And that will create such trust. Yeah. And we're seeing that, and I know that uh, if you're listening today, you're, you're leading a business, and you're already you're seeing this in any, really any uh, sphere of influence right now is with you know Gen, Gen Z, even millen- the younger millennial leaders. Um, they're really looking for places that are committed to that. And I think if yeah. you're going to re- keep and retain talent and, yep. and and recruit great talent, you've got to have an environment of continuing education. Mm. Paycheck's important, of course. What they're doing is important. But they have to hear and then see it demonstrated that mm. we're going to help you grow. Wow. This is your graduate school. We're, we're, you're not going to come here and it just be about what you're doing. Wow. We're going to take time, money, and resources as an organization and make you a better leader. Jeez. And so developing those systems and processes, we're, we're doing that in a big way right now, You know, even at the college of just – Anyone at any position, if you want to grow in your understanding of business, yeah, we're going to offer these environments. Or, Huge, yeah, in, in any area. And if you, yeah, I was texting with uh, Kent Muncie last night. You know, uh, amazing leader. I said, where, "Where are you at?" He said, "I'm in New York. I'm in a, a cohort through Wheaton. Yeah, Matt Chandler and yeah. you know John Tice, all these guys." And I just thought, how inspiring is that for me to hear from one of my peers that like this guy's in school right now? Yeah. This guy is this guy. He's paying, a legend. He's a legend. This yeah. guy's paying money yep. to go learn more about theology yep. right now. And I thought I, I'm I'm so inspired by that. That yep. we, we have to build environments where, like you said, it's modeled. It's not yep. like you guys go learn. We're all trying to get a little bit better. And I think that gets in the water, it gets in the air. Yeah, it does. It, it becomes positive peer pressure. Yeah. We're all reading books. We're all you know, yep. running. My, every time you post about running, I always think it says a signal to everybody else. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're putting in the miles. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, running is one of those things still. I just laugh because I don't know how I fell into running. <laughs> but, just, but I love but, it. But yeah, no, I think it's, we're, we're pushing forward. So I mean, summarizing all that, I think as a leader, you know, and I'm imagining here, you're, it could be volunteers or staff, you're the younger and older. I just think you got to know who you are yep. and why you're there. That's it. Walking that. When you look to older leaders, man, you know, pull the best out of them and let them have that space. Acknowledging yeah. that and not being intimidated by that, mm. by that. Younger leaders help them develop. And then really everybody stays focused on the vision together. And that's that's my main job. I know that's what you would say too. It's yeah. just it's just making sure every day we're heading in the right direction. And I'm the bumpers on the on the bowling alley. Yep. And just keeping everybody heading in that direction. I always feel like with older leaders, let's say if I get time with PC or or John Siebling or, you know, fill in the blank guys that we both know. Um, I it's very important to me that um, I know how I want to come off. Yeah, and I don't want to be uh, talking. I don't want to be yeah answering questions they're not asking. I don't want to be you know tooting my own horn, so to speak. Like yeah, I, I like I I always want an older person, K or whoever. I want to posture myself like you're the authority here. Yeah, you've got all the wisdom. I'm the student right now. Yeah. So what do you think I should be doing? And I'm dealing with this situation. And I think that's how older people, the older people get, I think sometimes insecurity, we think insecurity is like a young person. Yeah. The older you get, a lot of times 
your relationships change. Your children leave the house. Yeah. You're not what you once yeah, were. You're, and you may be like, you're looking for a new purpose or clarity in that season. It creates a new insecurity. That it creates a whole it's new an, insecurity. It's a second middle school. It, 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 <laughs> I mean, come on. It yeah. really is. Yeah. So it's an opportunity, I think, with older leaders to go like, no, I need you. Yeah. You're valued. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to take all the truths I get here and I'm actually going to go teach younger leaders the you know wisdom that you're that's pouring out of yeah. your life yeah so i think that's huge. that's that's brilliant and i think it's and like we've been talking about what comes out of that it's honor it's respect yeah. but also it's solid gold so you're getting i think even again back to leading people who are older it's just that having that security in our place of leadership uh, it does open the door for those kind of conversations yeah. you're pulling from all the best and it, it's it's a very honoring environment which that i think that that is a is a way to be you know, incredibly efficient and effective as a team is that you you're creating that atmosphere around the value of every single person. That's it. I think you know, um, just from from our little world, Zoe Church. You know, we start this church in West Hollywood. It's this new young church. It's all young people. Older people will come and go. I'm the oldest pe- person here. They're yeah. 44. Yeah, or 42, which, which is young. And they're like, yeah, they're just that's, young. That's, that's young. my age. That's young. They're like, yeah. man, I'm the oldest person here. Yeah. And as the church grew and got older the congregation starts to get older yeah and still not old as old as i'd like it to be to be honest yeah but i think the youthfulness makes you go we want these this kind of church or this this kind of organization i think the older i get the more i realize oh wow i don't want to limit the sphere of my influence and the opportunity that is yeah. there with all gener so if you think about like multi generational, multi ethnic, yeah. So you know Tim Timberlake was just here and he, the he best. gets he gets the best he gets done he goes I think that's the most diverse church I've ever preached at, and I and I was like wow you don't even know how much that means to yeah. me because I think the older I get the more I'm like I want every ethnicity. And I want every generation. And if you put a premium and a value on that, it's the whole thing in leadership. You get what you're going for. Yeah. And so if I really want older people in the church, guess what? Turn down the music. Yeah. Hey, guess what? The announcements, everybody should be really sharp on this stage. Yep. And know what they're saying. Because you get get what you're going for. Yeah. And you know, honestly, and this is just, I mean, for me, the opportunity, I mean, there's, there's so much negativity people can focus on and the world but there's opportunity now one of the opportunities i think is in that generational diversity that we're just starting to understand so you know typically even read the bible right it's abraham isaac jacob three generations yeah and if you and if you look at those three lives specifically there was a good you know 10 to 15 20 years where they were all alive at the same time so that so that the older was able to pass to the younger yeah so for the first time ever and this is you know something i've been looking at this year we actually have five generations right now that are intersecting so the silent generation the boomers um, you know, uh, Gen X, uh, Millennials, Gen Z. So what a unique opportunity for a five-generational church, first time in history that we've had the chance think to pull from the wisdom that's four generations back, you know, a Gen Z person has access to. Yep. And I think as leaders, we have to understand, that's not going to be a long-term, like this moment, Yep. it's it's a great opportunity to pull into, like that's you're saying, so to create ministry that attracts and then ultimately that strengthens the church or the organization because i always think like what i marvel at like if you get around like the african-american community get around the hispanic community like my like what i grew up with like around my mom's culture it is little ninas and ninos with the abuela yeah so a, a lot of times it's like ethnic communities get that more than american sometimes yeah it feels that way at least that's my impression 
And whatever, whenever I get around like multi generational like communities, I go, that's what I'm going for. Yeah. Like one of the best nights I've ever had was New Year's, probably three, four years ago. And it was like all these grandparents were dancing, all these teenagers the are dancing, all these, you know, like yeah. it's just like a part. It's not because I always think it's it's not good if it's just one age. No, it's 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 yeah. unhealthy. Yeah, and it's short term, unbalanced. Short, yeah, it's 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 not it's not a long term. Yeah, you know, you're you're missing out on what's going to give you the fuel to get where you want to go and vision. Yeah, and I think and those are like the best moments. Like I think of a wedding reception I was at. Yes. Same thing, same feeling. Multi generational. Yeah, you feel that. There's a safety. Yeah. There's a, the sage is here. The wisdom is here. You know, you, yeah. you need that. Yeah. I, I, I want to switch lanes and talk to you about you have trusted the process so well. You have really been patient in, a, in, a, in an age when building your brand, launching your thing, doing going out on your own. You already said it. You and your wife, by the way, shout out to your wife. We she's, adore oh, we, your wife. She's I, the best. Jill, she's just the best. And I wish she was here and we could all I wish so bad she was here. <laughs> But you guys calculated we could do more in this house, partnered yeah. with PC, Pastor Chris, than going out. Yeah. How were you able to see that? How, how have there been times you go, ah, uh, you know, I'm getting older. I should launch. Yeah. I should, you know, talking about all that wrestle because there's humanity inside of all of us. Yeah. There's a little. There's a touch of ego inside of all of us. I'm so impressed that you've been able to check that down. Yeah. And stay committed to. Lord, whatever you, because let's be honest. If God wanted you to do something else, He would have told you. Yeah, that's that's the bottom line. That's the bottom. That is the bottom line. That's the bottom line. I'll launch off of that. Yeah, I think, I think we'll come back to that. But that is where it starts. Is 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 recognizing, you know, in our case, that has not happened. And so, to your point, you know, we're so dialed in. And I mentioned our timeline. You know, kind of early at Highlands, we're coming on the team. We're so dialed in. Well, I, I'm around a, a good, you know, group cohort of other, in my case, youth pastors, well, you know, seven, eight, nine years into that journey, some of them start planting churches. And so we had never had that thought, but then it just automatically kind of forces that thought. Well, forces it. we're of this age. And I want to be really clear. Um, I mean, in those cases, God had spoken to them and there, yeah. was, there was a clear lane. And that's a, that's a great thing. In our case, there it didn't go. happen. Right. And we, I never, you know, really asked for it to happen, but I did ask the question, why is it not happening? I, I was almost like, am I missing something? I was... Mm kind of walking, you know, walking through this kind of uncertainty. And I think what has kept us planted through those seasons, um, and I've, I've said this several times, but I just have to say it, it's just great relationships. I have people like Dino Rizzo and others in my life that I can go to and ask questions and share that with him. Right. I mean, you and I, right. in, in a car on the yeah. way to the airport one day, yeah. had one of these kind of yeah. conversations. And some of those are, are deeply personal, and you're just working through the normal frictions of an organization. But at the end of the day, I mean, for me, and this is very spiritual, I don't know if this is okay, but I mean, I it, was, love it. it was the Abraham and Isaac, kind of Isaac altar moment of just, yeah. you know, I got, I got to hear from God and I'm going to put, I want to put everything on that altar, trusting him with our future. I don't yep. want, I don't want our future in our hands Yep. and trusting him to, to take that sacrifice, which is, I mean, that's the only way I want to live is in that, in that his Lordship over our life. And I, if I manufacture that, even if no one else knew I would, and I just don't want to lay down at night knowing that, that I was the one that pushed this. I want to put our lives in God's hand. And if he, if, whatever the ram in the thicket is, we'll, we'll yeah. follow that. And we're going yeah. to let him lead. And we trust that that's there. And that every, because we don't have a 20 year clarity or 30 year clarity. Right, right. We know where we are, what we're doing, what we're called to do, and who we're called to do it with. And, and just not trying to overthink it. That's it. And, and again, I just don't want to be in, I just don't want to lay my head down, down at night and feel like the pressure is on me. I want to be where God wants us to be mm. in, that, in that space. So, 
and and I, and I feel like um, it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of self awareness. Let's just start there. It takes a lot of self awareness yeah. to go. Okay, that's great for them, and I can applaud and acknowledge that, and that's what God spoke to them. But that doesn't mean He's always saying that to me. Yeah. I think one of one of the best things I've heard recently is FOPO, fear of other people's opinion. That's great. And we're so driven by that. We're yeah. so driven by what yeah. will others think. What will every and the, I talked about positive peer pressure. There's just peer pressure around us all the time. It's what everybody's posting about or doing or going to or wearing whatever. We that's just a reality for all people. Yeah. And so you have to have a lot of discipline, a lot of self-awareness, a lot of security, a lot of confidence, self-confidence, belief in what God's spoken to you. I just find it to be the rarity because I really feel like there's a lot of people, you already said it, have placed themselves and use all the right jargon, all the right verbiage, all the right... Absolutely. The, yeah. the, the, the older I get, the more I'm like, look, I don't have the energy to judge your intentions. Yeah, that's a great... <laughs> I'm, I don't, I, and that's, I, that's the best way to live. I can't just, judge your motives. Yeah, yeah. Only you will go to bed at night yeah. knowing this is God or not. Yeah. Do you remember that point in your life where you realize, like, I'm a grown-up now and it's no one can tell me what to do? Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. that moment like where like I just gotta realize you gotta we have to all realize this, you know, I think it's in, in our case just realizing that I mean, I've got an amazing earthly father, I've got amazing pastors and leaders, but ultimately I we we have to be present with God receiving that and walking integrity of that. That's and it. I think maybe it's just honestly a little bit of the fear of the Lord I yeah. think would be a, a great thing. I think we need that in general in a lot of ways. Yes. Of just understanding our place in this kingdom. It's it's just not about us. Yeah. It's about him and and trusting that, yeah. you know, if our destiny is obscurity, but it's the destiny that God has for us, then that's where we want to be. That's where you want to be. Yeah. And that and, and and I think I don't know, I think a lot of the peer pressure and other things have caused us to miss out on that. Yeah. And I have I have definitely tipped my you know my toes my feet into those moments and what I have found always is that it is an exhausting way to live man but when you're in the current of grace on your life yep it's propelling you you're able to see that you're very in self awareness is part of that right your very limited actual abilities are being yeah. supernaturally blessed yes and you can do more in that river even if it doesn't look like what everyone else is doing or what you maybe even in your you know, in your mind want to do. So anyway. That's right. Yeah, I think I think it's that that fear of the Lord and know this is really his kingdom. He's building it. And and I want to be in that place, you know. Man, I remember when we, you know, we really felt called to LA. You know, I, I think about it now and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm really so grateful. You know, we just show you the office. We walk in here today. It's beautiful. Saying hi to people. It's like we moved on. We were driving down i5 we had two kids we didn't have a dollar we didn't have a place to live we didn't have a we had a dream yeah but i stood on and i felt like god really spoke to us acts 2024 20, and when paul says and now i go bound Come by on. the spirit it's a great scripture and he said i'm arrested to do yeah. this and he goes and i don't know what awaits for me in jerusalem yeah. i don't know what's going to happen yeah so there's a mystery, a mystery in the yeah. calling always yeah I love that. Scripture. There's a mystery in the calling. Either way, either way. But There's a also, mystery in staying where I am and leading. Yes. There's a mystery in driving down I five, and and you know that word arrested is the word in in the original language lassoed. It's it's literally like the Holy Spirit has just grabbed me and pulled me, and it, you know that's just the way we gotta want to live more than we want anything else. That's it. That's Period. it. Period. And it's a scary thing for me because you know you can 
I, my dad always says chuck and jive. You could be smooth and chuck and jive, you know, it's, yeah. and network and promote and all this. But I, I have found it's the whole thing. God can do more with your life in five minutes than Absolutely. you could do in your own strength in five years. Yep. You know, he could just, he can breathe on your efforts. He can breathe. He could take you to play Ephesians 3.20. You already mentioned it. So I just believe in all that. Yeah. And so I have so, such a tremendous amount of respect for you because there's great resolve. And I think that that puts weight to your words. I love the word moxie. There's moxie, there's mantle, there's power, there's authority that comes from somebody's life mm. that's submitted to God's will for my life and, and, and flourish within that. Yeah. Don't tolerate that. I always think, look, look. <laughs> it's like the other day I got a, this pastor text me and said, you know, will you come uh, preach at our youth conference this summer, blah, blah, blah. And um, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, this guy's the best of the best. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I was, sir, I'd be so honored, you know. To, and I always think, you know, um, don't tolerate your lane, celebrate it. Celebrate that's the great. grace that's on your life. Celebrate the gifting of God on your life. Celebrate where he's assigned you. Yeah. You know, I, I, it might sound foolish to some, but like, I still really love preaching to young people. I love it. Like, no, it's still part of my, my life. Yeah, me too. And I, it's amazing. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, you, that this is, that's something that, like, I can't live in the faux pas. Yeah. Like, I know where God's assigned me, God's graced me, what God has for my life. And you just keep living within that sensitivity and that tension. Yeah. And everything works out. Yeah. And it's just the best way to live. And I look at you, you and Julia. I love, Jill and I love, the confidence in your calling and your identity, your identity is so secure in who you are and who you're not. And it's attractive. And I think, I think that's the thing that, you know, when I get around leaders in that same space, I'm always, it's helped me dial it in and just, just, you know, I've, I've attempted and I've definitely seen others who are trying to do it within their own strength and networking and the, and the, and the what'd you say, jiving and what? Uh, Chucking and jiving. Like that's that. what my dad always said. I, like, I got to meet your dad. My dad, my dad calls them lobby lizards. I love it. <laughs> Because he'd say during the conference or during the service, so they're good. not in the service. They're, they're in, the in the lobby. They're in the green room. Yeah, trying to get in the green room. Lobby lizards. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I just think that's hilarious. Yeah, and this is, man, we got, you know, such a short time we're on this earth, such man. a short moment to man. influence and to build a kingdom. And just not not wanting to do that um, in a way that's, again, is fueled our effort, but letting God do it. It's a beautiful way to live. And, um, and yeah, I just think, I think the opportunity for that right now is needed. And there's a lot of places leaders are needed. And it's, yep. It's going to be your story. Your your you know your God has a story for each leader, and it's living that out in its uniqueness. I think that makes it beautiful. Yeah, man, I I, I couldn't agree more. That is the way. Yeah, to live. But man, thank you so much for being on. This is oh, it's been the best. It really is like dream come true kind of stuff. Oh, for me for sure. I just uh, is being here, being around your church, your team's amazing. Uh, not surprised by any of that. Just uh, I love it. And we're just getting started. We're gonna we're just hang out all day. But bro, like we have ha we have some memories together. We have we actually have some. We were I've together. Almost died together. We've almost died together. We were together when COVID broke. Literally, we're on the phone and the March Madness is canceled. You yeah, know, like we're in that moment. We're like I, I'll never forget. We're sitting in like a barbecue place and we just yep. keep finding out everything's hitting. Everything was hitting, man. Yeah, because we were. Yeah, I mean it's just in the moment. Um, and then. We've had some we've had some great conference moments together and yeah. a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And some tears. I mean, honestly, it's, I've yes. already mentioned it, but bro, you've, you've let me just, you know, pour out my heart. So you're yeah, a great friend. Nice. I appreciate it. Love you so much. Love you. Leadership Lean In. We'll see you next time. Make sure you subscribe, comment, like. We love you. We'll see you soon.